Hey, welcome back. As we are continuing our fundamental study, uh, we are in the chapter titled, Who is God? And we are on session three, titled, Worthy Authority. I hope you've enjoyed our study so far. Um, I know it's been fruitful just for myself, just kind of reminding myself of the basics and some fundamental truths of our faith and how they apply just um, in our everyday life and just totally shape uh, our spiritual life and our relationship with God. So hope you enjoyed it. We're going to wrap up uh, Who Has God uh, in this episode. So a couple things just to tune your ears to uh, as we kind of go along here is uh, some objectives that we have. One, uh, we're obviously going to be talking about God's authority so that God has authority over all of humanity and all of the world simply because of who he is. So we're going to be drawing a lot from session one and session two uh, of, of who is God uh, in this session. So um, that's going to kind of be our first thing we talk about. God has authority over all of humanity and all of the world because of who he is. Uh, number two, our surrender in faith has a direct correlation with our fear of God. So we're going to talk a lot about fear, really break down what fear looks like, other places that fear has been described in the Bible. Uh, and really how that applies to our faith, the the correlation there with our faith. And then lastly, to kind of tie everything together, kind of the so what of who is God, um, talking about how authority does have an, an implication on how we are image bearers of God. That's a lot of what we talked about in our last session in session two. If you haven't listened to that, I encourage you to go back uh, and listen to that episode as well. But uh, the so what is God's authority does have great influence on our ability to be image bearers of God and the Holy Spirit really aids us uh, in doing so. So that's kind of going to be what we walk through. Um, And so just to kind of summarize what we've gathered so far, a lot of what we've already talked about. uh, In session one, we talked about God's names, right? Like God has given different names uh, throughout the Bible that really highlight his character. And really what we saw was that God defines these characteristics. He is the perfection of, of these characteristics and his names highlight that and the different names that he's given all throughout scripture. Um, and we're, we're familiar with this through just different, uh, nicknames that pe- people are given. We, t- we highlighted a couple of baseball players that their nicknames really highlighted a characteristic of their game or a characteristic of just their career. Uh, and so we're not totally unfamiliar, uh, to that in our, in our world today, but that God really perfects all these characteristics, uh, he's given. And then last session, we talked about how uh, what God's intention for creation was, that we are made in the image of God, really talked about what that word image means, and that we are really called to be image bearers of that image, of God's glory. Our, our purpose is in his image, that um, our, ultimate, our ultimate purpose on this earth is, is to, to show God's glory uh, through the way that we live talked about how God called himself I am and just kind of again another element of his nature Um, and so really we're just going to try to tie everything together into the so what these two first two sessions really make up uh, this this session three of worthy authority and this is kind of uh, obviously not an exhaustive study of who God is but another key element that's really impactful to our spiritual life so I hope you enjoy it in your own study and in your groups and I hope our time together today uh, is helpful for you in doing that. So, um, so authority, uh, like we said, God's authority 
we're speaking about God's authority in our life and God's authority in the world. And really, authority uh, just means the right to act. So God has the right to power. God has the right to act. And all of that comes from who he is. Um, Authority, we can think about authority in our world today. We have government authority. We have bosses at work. We have teachers at school. We have our parents um, that are authority in our lives. And so all authority in the world ultimately stems from God's authority, right? Ultimately, it stems from God's authority. And so where in the world, authority is kind of determined by position, right? Like you can have authority by position of uh, a principal or a boss or a supervisor or a government uh, position um, or a parent. That's kind of a position someone is given. God's authority just stems from who he is. Like it just, it's just because of who he is, because he is creator. He is supreme. Uh, God has this special authority that all other authority stems from. And really, if, if you're listening in, in a position of authority, uh, God should be your ultimate example of how to use that, really steward that authority that he's given us. Um, so God is really uh, the perfection of authority, and all authority stems from God's authority. Romans 13.1 says it this way. It says, Let every person be subject to governing authority. For no authority except that which God has established uh, exists. And so this is kind of the scripture backing up that that truth that all authority stems from God. Um, and so oftentimes uh, we really struggle. One, we struggle with authority in general, right? Like we, I know for me, I, I was frequent to disobey my parents. It was difficult understanding why authority was in place, why rules were in place. And so just as a, as a people, we struggle uh, not only with earthly authority, but especially with godly authority uh, and really understanding the impact that has on our life. And so it's this constant tension that we're facing. And we're going to talk a little bit about uh, kind of ways to begin submitting to God's authority and why that's so important. Um, but, but we do. We struggle with that. And Romans, again, Romans actually talks about that as well. It's in your journal there. It says write out Romans 20. And the reason for that is it really describes the position a lot of us find ourselves in, even those of us who have been Christians or would say that that we've had a relationship with Christ. We still struggle. This is one of the main things we still struggle with is really submitting, ultimately submitting to God's authority. And so Romans 20, and I'll actually read to verse 21. It says, um, but who are you, O man, to talk back to God? Shall what is formed say to him who formed uh, it? Why? Uh, sorry, I lost my place here. All right, picking it right back up. Shall what is formed say to him who formed this? Uh, formed it? Why did you make me like this? Verse twenty-one. Does not the potter have the right to make out of it, make out of the same lump of clay some pottery for noble purposes and some for common use? So that's often what we like to do, right? And and this is, you know, the next question there on page 60 of your journal is, what is an area of life you struggle to give God authority? And this this takes on a lot of different meanings, this power struggle between really our will, our desires, our intentions, and God's will, God's intentions out of his authority. Um, and so there's areas like finances where we struggle to really understand that because of God's authority, he's given us stewardship of these resources. Everything that we have is, is a gift from God. 
and to be generous, uh, to give up part of our wages and use them for a greater good, for a greater purpose, for God's ways. That could be in our language, in the way that we try to tame our tongue. God, God is really clear in Scripture about uh, the tongue and how dangerous it can be. Um, but do we really try to tame that? Do we really believe in God's authority and what he says that the tongue is dangerous, uh, and that we should be actively working to tame the tongue, right? Even in, uh, groups of believers, this is, uh, something that a lot of people struggle to submit to God's authority in sexuality in our world today. That is a big one. Uh, I have the right to choose what my sexuality or, or orientation is. Uh, I don't trust God's authority. I struggle with God's authority in that I am created male or female. In relationships, waiting uh, until marriage uh, for certain privileges that, that marriage brings. Um, you know, we that is something, again, that we try to take our own authority, make our own decisions, not act according to God's authority in our relationships and obviously in our behavior, right? Like, uh, actively define or being obedient to to God's authority in Scripture and what He's uh, laid out for us is a, a healthy and safe life to safeguard us from the evils of this world. Do we trust in His authority or not? Um, and all of that stems from His authority. God has the authority uh, to set those things in place for our good um, and and in the world. Uh, and and that is something that we have to constantly. Well, we have to develop a fear of, and we'll talk about that a little bit more here in just a second, but we have to develop a fear or respect of God's authority and trust that it's good. We trust that God works out these things for our good, not just to exercise his authority, but because his authority is good. God is good. This So much of this stems from who, just knowing who God is, but God is good and is always going to work for good and not evil, and God loves us. So God's authority is going to be good and for our good. Um, and that might not feel good all the time, right? Authority is not always easy in the moment. Discipline is not always easy in the moment. Uh, but oftentimes we get further down the road and look back and see uh, the benefits that come from it and just the the guardrails and the safeguarding that authority and discipline provide. Uh, so again, that struggle, right? That struggle of you know, exercising our will, our intentions versus God's and really learning to submit to God's authority. I want to put four um, stepping stones, I guess, uh, in front of you just to chew on. We're not going to really go in depth here. This could be a great area of conversation in your 242 groups. Um, But just four kind of stepping stones to progressively move towards ultimately submitting to God's will, to God's authority, uh, to his intention. Uh, and so that first one is surrender. Surrender needs to be needs to come first. And that is really to surrendering that God's authority and the way God uses his authority through his will is good. That God's intentions are good. God's purposes are good. They are supreme and they are higher and better than our own. And that's where, you know, if you're a Christian listening to this, you would readily identify with this. You would readily identify with this. And But unfortunately, oftentimes, most of us stop here. This is where we end. That, okay, God, I see 
your ways are higher, your ways are better. And I know that. I believe that. But we don't move to stepping stone two, which is abandonment. We are abandoning our own will. Because oftentimes in surrender, we still are clinging to a few things about ourselves that we're not totally surrendering to God's will. God, I know your ways are higher and better and 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 for my good, but man, God, I, I really just, I got to make X amount of dollars. I got to live this certain lifestyle. I can't give up the way that I'm pursuing relationships. I can't give up the way that I talk. I got to fit in with the way I talk, right? But then we move from surrender to abandonment. Abandonment is that, God, nothing, nothing about my will even compares to yours. Like I am, am totally dependent on your authority because that's how good it is for me. It is my safekeeping. My refuge is in your authority and, and the way you exercise your authority in my life and in the world. Um, and that's, that's a, a struggle for so many of us to get to myself included of truly abandoning our own, our own will, our own authority, right? Like giving that up and realizing that, it is it is folly, and we'll talk about that that more in Ecclesiastes. But that my authority is folly, and it is it is for temporary gain, and is always going to leave me uh, empty handed and short sighted. But um, so you have surrender, seeing God's will, God's authority uh, as good and pleasing and supreme. It is abandonment that our that we abandon our own will and take on as it, that is the the degree of full surrender right not only we surrendered but we surrendered to God but we're abandoning to ourselves and then we move to contentment contentment is where uh, we reach the point where I am totally content with the lot that God gives me like God's authority is so good and I've completely abandoned my own that God whatever you whatever lot is afforded to me whatever circumstances are dealt whatever cards are dealt that it is best. And I trust you in that. All right, that, that's what Paul is talking about when he says, I've learned what it is to be in plenty and in want. Uh, I've learned how to be content in all circumstances. Like this is, the, this is what Paul is pointing to, uh, that we reach contentment in God's authority uh, and know that it's best and don't question uh, what he gives us or the, or the circumstances he places us in, but we have great contentment. And then lastly, it's participation. So you participate under the authority, uh, uh, under God's authority, um, hoping and desiring and deeply working towards all of the world, coming to coming to surrender to the goodness of God, abandon their own sinfulness, and find great contentment uh, in the way that God works in and through them in their life. So just something uh, to chew on for yourself and to just talk about in your groups, how we move towards uh, totally consumed with our authority towards submitting to God's authority. Surrender, abandonment, contentment, and then finally participation. And this might not even be something that we, <clears throat> excuse me, that we reach in this world and in this life, but something we're constantly striving towards. So a common ingredient to really move along those stepping stones, kind of moving along in our study here, uh, still on page 60, is this, this word fear, kind of talked about a little bit earlier. Uh, this word fear, and whenever we see fear in the Bible, oftentimes, now there are times when we, it's the literal uh, fear, fear of something 
scared of something. But when we hear the phrase fear God or fear of God, it is not the scary, timid, um, common understanding of the word fear. It is more of a profound respect and awe where you're really standing in awe and respect of God. That is that is truly what what fear means. In Proverbs 1-7 uh says the fear of the Lord is beginning is the beginning of knowledge, is the beginning of wisdom. And so for us to really take hold of that, fear has to be a common ingredient and really the first ingredient into moving along this linear path of submitting to God's authority and seeing God's authority rightly. Because once we begin fearing God once we have a deep respect and awe of just who God is, and that's coming to know him better, right? Like that comes through knowing him better. We will get the beginning of knowledge, beginning of wisdom. We we will start to see clearly what this image that we are supposed to reflect is. And we'll tie that in a little bit more later, but we, we really get a clear picture of what this image is. We get a clear picture of how God's authority is good, but all of that must begin with fearing the Lord with fearing the Lord, to really respect and develop a deep sense of awe towards God. And there's a couple passages that really come to mind uh, in terms of this. And Ecclesiastes 12, 13 there is is in your journal and is one of them. But Ecclesiastes is just such a great book, One of really one of my favorite books of the Bible, written by Solomon. <clears throat> excuse me. <clears throat> Solomon, uh, written by Solomon, who was the richest... Uh, and 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 wisest man to ever rule, live on this earth. And uh, Ecclesiastes is really just almost like an autobiography of his life. Uh, he's talking about all the experiences he's had, uh, all the wisdom he's gained, the pleasure he's felt, the toil he's taken, the advancement the advancements he's made, the riches he has. He just he just really reflects on his whole life. Uh, and this is really written at the end of his life. And he gets to the end of the book in Ecclesiastes twelve thirteen. He says, "Now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter: Fear God, and keep His commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. Wisest man to ever live, and richest man for sure to ever live, um, and experienced everything under the sun, everything he could have possibly experienced, acquired anything he could have possibly gained, and at the very end of his life, it's it's almost sobering. He he says, all, now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God. Fear God. This is the beginning of wisdom, the beginning of knowledge, uh, and leads us to submitting to God's authority, which is ultimately best for our life. Another passage that comes to mind, uh, just kind of off script, is uh, Genesis 32. Uh, this is a passage where Jacob wrestles with God. And this is a peculiar, I'm not, I'm not going to say that right, so I'm not even going to try again. Uh, an interesting uh, story that we read in in Genesis, Jacob wrestling with God and really what that means. But all throughout Jacob's life, it has been determined by Jacob taking things into his own hands, Jacob exercising his authority and trying to navigate his life. He did that with his brother Esau. Uh, he did that through numerous times in his life. And so uh, we get to the point in the story where you know, Jacob and his brother Esau have been separated. Jacob's received great blessing. And him and Esau are about to reconnect again later on in life. And Jacob is a nervous wreck over this. And he sent 
blessings ahead. He sent riches ahead. He sent cattle and different things to try to ooh and awe and just prove his worth to Esau. Again, exercising his own authority. And he gets to this point where he's wrestling with God. Uh, I'll read it just a little bit real quick. Genesis 32, starting in 22, it says, That night Jacob got up, took his two wives, his two female servants, and his 11 sons, and crossed the ford of the Jabuk. Uh, After he had sent them across the stream, uh, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And we learn that this man is God. It says, When the man saw him, saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, Let go, for it is daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, What is your name? Jacob, he he answered. Then the man said, Your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. And this this for me just reminds me of so many of us that uh, we are constantly wrestling with God wrestling with his authority and our authority and uh, trying to live by our ways and not his. And God just allows us to wrestle. God God obviously had the, the strength and the ability to easily fold Jacob up like a chair, uh, but he chose to wrestle with him. He chose to wrestle with him all night long. Um, and when the time came, God ultimately exercised his, his authority in his life. Um. But throughout Jacob's entire life up to this point, uh, he's he's really wrestled with with this and exercised his own authority. And what is what does God eventually ask Jacob? He says, "What is your name?" And really, we know from our st- our first session in this that names have a big deal to do with uh, who you are. And really, Jacob's name represented uh, deceiving. It represented uh, selfishness. It represented a lot of negative things. But what does God do whenever Jacob finally submits to God, God's authority? He says, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with humans and have overcome. But it's just, I think it's a beautiful story of just God's patience with us as we come to see that his authority is best and good for us and uh, should ultimately be submitted to and we should participate with and be content with. Um, but just a great story. I thought that was important to highlight that that kind of highlights what we're talking about here. But um, the quote there on page 60, kind of just wrapping up uh, this whole God's authority and, and our fear, how our fear and surrender uh, take part in really coming to see God's authority as it is. Uh, J.D. Greer says, Faith begins with an awestruck fear. The fear of God was the step I tried to skip in my faith. That's partially because I'm American, and I don't like the idea of something beyond my comprehension, something I can't control, something I can't reduce down. We want a God who will restore us to a peaceful equilibrium, take away our stress, and promise us a blissful afterlife. Most Christians haven't rejected God. They have just reduced him. As C.S. Lewis says, it's not that our desires are too strong, it's that they're too weak. And we so often settle for the things of this world and the authority that, that the benefits that our own authority gives us that we can't imagine submitting to the goodness of God and godly authority and living the way we are created to live, which is bearing his image. Um, and so if we were really to be image bearers, like we talked about in our last session, in session two, 
we've got to submit to that his image is the one worth bearing that his image is the one worth bearing and we're going to be helped along uh, by the Holy Spirit in this, John fourteen twenty six talks about how the Holy Spirit is here to teach us all things and remind us of everything Jesus has said. Um, and so the Holy Spirit's going to aid us as we it, we participate in the lifelong journey of putting off the old and putting on the new and growing in our fear and knowledge of God uh, and growing in deep reverence and respect of him and seeing his authority rightly so that we can properly bear this image. We can we can see this image as best and as clear as we can uh, so that our lives are a perfect reflection of this, becoming more and more perfect as we reflect this. So I think a, a, as we close, just a huge question to sit in in your groups uh, there at the end on page 61. Are you a lens in need of cleaning Right, like, do you do you know what the image is? Do you have a good understanding of what the image is? Have you submitted to God's authority and His goodness in your life and accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? But you're just doing a bad job at reflecting that image, right? Like, are you in that boat, or are you in need of reflecting a, a totally different image? Is the image that you're putting off the image of self, of your own authority, exercising your own will, uh, and not that of God, and living? Uh, different from him you 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 haven't even really reached that that point of surrender where I truly trust that God's will is best and I, I definitely haven't abandoned my own will um so where do you fall I think it's important for your groups and your 242 groups even yourself where are you at right now you know we're we're a good ways into uh fundamentals so far but where are you at are you are you just a lens in need of cleansing just a good cleaning a good scrubbing to to be a better reflection, or are you just reflecting the wrong image altogether? So uh, I hope that this has been helpful for you in your study. I hope that who is God has been really exciting for you, and you've been able to learn some new things and even begin to apply some new things in your spiritual life. Um, but this wraps up who is God. Thank you for listening to Fundamentals. Uh, know that we are praying for you in your study uh, and in your groups as you study this weekly. Till next time. Thanks. Thank you.